Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grants, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season three of Superstar PR. I'm your host, Nikki Papayuanu, owner of a boutique PR agency called Nikki Inc. based in Toronto, Canada. Today's guest brings laughter and smiles to our mornings when I'm seriously half asleep and she does it every day. She's got amazing hair, a background in improv acting, and she loves giving motivational talks. I ask you to welcome today's guest, Pooja Honda from CP24 Breakfast to Superstar PR. Pooja, how are you? I'm great. You know, I love hearing that people are half asleep when they're listening to us in the morning. It's, it's really great. You know, it's, you have real impact when you know people are half. No, I'm kidding. That's the thing. They're early mornings. I get up at 3.30 a.m. So I know it's not easy. If I didn't have to wake up early, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know what, Pooja, like, um, I remember at the end of my last pregnancy when I couldn't sleep, I just wanted to know who else was awake with me. And I felt so good about CP24. I was like, I think they're actually live. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And and we are like, we're up at 5am. So we're on before anybody else is. So you can count on us live. We're there. That's amazing. Pooja, let me ask you, you, you've been a journalist for a while. And I want to find out from you, what has being a journalist, you know, a TV personality taught you about people? Oh, wow. Um, so much about people. I think, luckily for me, I've been at this for a really long time. So it's not something I knew in the beginning, but over time, I think I sort of figured it out. I have the pleasure of interviewing a lot of celebrities. And uh, in my role, it means that, you know, I have very little time to really connect with them before we do the interview. I have about a, two or three minutes during a commercial break. So it really does show you, you know, people from all different walks of life, but, you know, celebrities especially who have, you know, a different life than us, let's face it. But at the end of the day, they're just real people, just like us. And I think the thing I've learned is that while they might have more opportunities and while they might have more resources, at the end of the day, all they want is to be seen and heard. And I find that with everybody. So whether you're a celebrity or not, people just want to be seen and heard. And I think when you treat people like they are human beings and, you know, you normalize things by talking to them and having a regular conversation and, and accepting what it is that they want you to hear, I think you get so much more out of people as well. So uh, I've really just learned people are people. Well, that's a good answer. People are people. Um, and I think you more than anybody can say that. And like, I believe you. This is, uh, this is awesome of you to say. Now, just kind of off the cuff, do you have a favorite celebrity interview, somebody that surprised you? Oh, um, I, you know, I think it's my favorite only because it scared me the most. And I'm one of those people who likes being scared because it means I still care. And it means that I had to work really hard for it. And you have that sort of sense of achievement after you do well in an interview you're afraid of. So for me, it was Spike Lee. And um, I was, I was just so nervous because, you know, he is an incredible filmmaker, but he's also a genius. And a part of me was just worried that, oh gosh, what if he finds out I'm not a genius? And, you know, I embarrass myself somehow in this conversation. And how do you honor somebody, you know, correctly in the right way without being 
that person who's like, oh my God, you're spikely, right? I didn't want to be that person as well. So I really had to do my research and I had to really think through every word that I used in that interview because it mattered. It mattered how I phrased a question um, because he is the type of person, he'll call you out. If, you know, if, if he thought that he didn't like your line of questioning or what you said, he, he will call you out. I've seen him do it to many other people. So I think that added to it, but it went really well. So it was all good in the end. <laughs> job. I mean, you just, you gave me a bit of a, like butterflies when you said he's that intense. Now I want to do some research on Spike Lee, but I probably want to do it. You never know. Yeah. You know what? It's like funny because for you, that was a fearful moment. And I have a lot of entrepreneurs who ask me about being on TV. And while I, I represent a lot of superstars, I do my best to help entrepreneurs also. And what advice would you give them about being on TV maybe for the first time? Well, I will say that if it looks easy, I don't care what you do in my line of work or anybody's line of work. If it looks easy, nine times out of 10, there's a lot of hard work that went into making it look easy. So I always get from people the first time they're on TV, they're like, oh, wow, it's a lot harder than it looks. And that is true. So I think my advice is to go in and really try to be yourself, but at the same time, understand that we are in an unusual situation. You have three or four minutes to get to everything you need to say, which isn't a lot of time. You have to speak in sound bites and at the same time act natural. Like there's nothing natural about it. So I always just say that it's, it's really great to know your stuff. And as long as you know your stuff inside out and you come to the interview being open and present, then it's just easy because if it's just a conversation and you're having a back and forth, that's how you have a great interview. And that's how you make it natural is you just have a conversation. You already know your stuff, but it's about being real in the moment, how you would be with anyone having a conversation. You know what? That's actually really good advice. So um, I once had a client, like the funniest lady in the world, but when she, right before her interview, she got red and she almost fainted. <gasps> and I said, come on. I said, you didn't work me for this. And then she's like, okay, Nikki, I'm going to do the interview, but I warn you, I might faint after. And after, because she prepared me, I had orange juice and I made us sit down. <laughs> but, you know, I really, I admire, you know, the people who can do that first interview calmly. <laughs> so um, let me ask you, Pooja, you've got, I'm sure people in your industry that you've admired, but is there somebody that you want to tell us about that maybe led to you wanting to be in your line of work? Oh, there's, I've had so many influences throughout my career at the very beginning it was Monica Diol, which, you know, goes way back. She used to be the host of something called Electric Circus, which was this dance show. And they would pick people off the street to come in and dance. And she was South Asian and gorgeous. And it was the first time I ever saw anybody on TV who looked like me and doing something fun and cool. And I was like, wow, if she can do it, maybe I can do it too. So that was at the very beginning. And there were many others as well who paved the way and, and really helped. But I would say that, you know, while I was at CP24, which has been 12 years now, there was someone who was a bit of a mentor. And I don't even know if she knew that she was or if she meant to be, which was Ann Romer. And she was one of those people that everybody loved. Viewers love her. And I was always trying to sort of figure it out. Like, what was it? What was the secret sauce? And I realized in getting to know her, it was that she just honestly cares about people and there's a real human side to her. So 
I know when I was watching her in the beginning of my career, I always thought, oh, you know, we work in news, you have to be very serious and professional. And I learned from her that, well, we are also human and you have to bring a human aspect to it. And as long as you sort of deal with people and talk to people that way, uh, you know, it's going to resonate. So I think that even though these aren't things she said to me explicitly, these are things I witnessed and watched and try to emulate. And she was just so kind. And because she was so kind, it made me want to be so kind. And, you know, you, it's the kind of thing you remember in your career. Somebody gave to you, made time for you, was kind to you. And then you pay it forward when somebody else joins, you know, the, the team and you want to do the same thing for them. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Um, I remember watching Ann Romer like for years on CB24 and she just seemed lovely. So, I mean, that's a really awesome shout out you just gave her. Now, you know, if she was kind of someone who inspired you, is there somebody else who maybe gave you a nugget or a life lesson you want to share with us? And I, I joke that that's like wisdom from my dad, but it's anybody who gave it to you. Yeah, it was actually from my dad too. Uh, and, you know, he, he has an Indian accent. And I remember growing up, he said, if it is to be, it is up to me. And it was something that he said, and I've like words to live by because I've learned in my career. And I think anybody who's listening right now who may have also experienced rejection or, you know, hearing the word no, or just not getting where you want to get in terms of opportunities, that's been my whole career. And I don't think anybody's ever said to me in my career, by the way, Pooja, I think you'd be great for this. Everything that I've done has been because I've begged and pleaded and shown them and, you know, like tried and tried again. Or when this angle didn't work, I went in another angle just to show them that I could do it. And that comes from if it is to be, it's up to me because you really can't rely on other people to open those doors for you. Sometimes, you know, you have to kick those doors down yourself. Oh my God. I love that advice. If it is to be, it's up to me. It just... You know, um, something I think I could tell everybody is like, you, you might, you might see the success of someone, but you won't hear all the times a door was slammed in their face. And it's kind of like, we just build resilience. It's so true. And yeah, I, I, when I think about my career, I've been told no way more than I've ever been told. Yes. Probably been told yes. A handful of times, all those other times I've been told no. And you know, it's, it's made me work harder and it's made me a, be a better broadcaster it's made me strive for more. So it's, it's all good in the end, but that's the way it goes. Uh, no, it's, it's, I think you're tenacious and like I'd high five you if this was an in-person interview, but you know what? That's like amazing because um, a piece of advice I got in grade seven from a teacher. Um, she said to me, I, I always want you to say to yourself, why not me? Yes. Why not me? I like that. Is that a good one? Yes. Because so many times this is, you know, the self-talk, the doubt that we have, you know, when it comes to our own sort of self-esteem is, oh, well, but who would want me to do this? Or who's ever going to hire me? Or I don't have, you know, we make these excuses or that tape runs in our head, um, which creates that self-doubt. So that's really powerful too. I love that one. Now talk to us about your, your education. I heard that you worked three jobs and you put yourself through school and, and there was kind of like a fun adventure in there. So How'd that go for you? So uh, when I graduated high school, I auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City because I was going to be an actress. Uh, at least I thought I was. And um, tuition for that prestigious school was quite high. And my parents had been saving money 
since I was two or three years old for my education. And one year of tuition was their entire savings. So that was gone within the first year. I moved back to Toronto after a year in New York, one, because I couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, and two, I had promised my parents that I would get an education. And they were not picky about what I did, but they wanted to make sure I had a degree in something. It was really important. And so um, I came back and I decided broadcast journalism was sort of my calling. And while I was there, I realized very quickly that uh, if I wanted to graduate without debt, I had to work my butt off to be able to pay the tuition. So that's what I did. I worked throughout the year. I worked a couple of jobs in the summer. I was able to then pay my tuition every year and graduate debt-free. My older sister, she went the other route. She got a student loan. And I saw what that did in terms of her graduating and still having to pay back that debt. And it was a lot. So I didn't want to sort of start my career right out of university with that. And so that's what it took. That's pretty amazing. Like three jobs in the summer. We all know there's time for it, but like, yeah, you did it. That's amazing. And it's also just, you know, it's, I think, you know, people sometimes, again, we go back to that tape and those excuses that we make. And sometimes I think people think, oh, well, it must've been nice. You know, you went to this school or you were able to do this because mommy and daddy paid for it. And people say these things because it makes them feel better. But the truth is, is that I'm somebody who did not have those supports, not because my parents didn't want to, but they just didn't have the financial means. And, you know, I made things happen. So it is possible. Uh, it's harder. It's much harder to have to study and go work a couple of jobs, but it's possible. Oh, amazing. Um, I worked in a coffee shop and I had professors come and say to me, you're always here, those grades. <laughs> like, Do they think that I work just to work? <laughs> You're like, I have to work. <laughs> oh, Pooja. So let me ask you, um, you know, somebody you haven't interviewed yet, but if I could wave my magic wand and you could interview them, who would it be? Oh, wow. There's so many people I want to interview. Um, I think Oprah is definitely on the list just because, I mean, how Oprah in interviews everyone and she has her way of doing it, which is only the Oprah way. And it would be just really interesting to see her in the other seat and her being interviewed. So I think I would like, it would be a lot of pressure and I'd be so scared, but uh, that's something that I would definitely like to do. Um, but also I just want to hear her speak because when it comes to motivational speaking, she can say anything and it sounds amazing. So I think I would be more interested in the actual conversation and her answers than actually getting the opportunity to interview her. Oh my God, Miss Oprah. Oh, I love Miss Oprah. Oprah, I love you, man. Yes. If you ever interview Oprah, can I be a fly on the wall? Yeah. You and everybody else I know. I'll just get you water all the time. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny, but Oprah's been so many people's answer. Oprah and Michelle Obama. I get that a lot too. Um, now, let me ask you, because we all, we're during this pandemic, we all have a lot of time. Is there something you're consuming that's out of the norm for you that you think is shareworthy? Well, it's interesting because I found myself in this pandemic really trying to find positive news because I knew it was out there and it's very easy to get bogged down in the sad news. And unfortunately, with what I do for a living, it's not something I can turn off. So I'm constantly inundated with the bad news, but I'm also always reading publications so that I can find the good news. And in finding the good news, I have to read a lot of bad news. So I stumbled upon something called Some Good News. 
That's what it's called. Um, and there's also something else called Good News Movement. Uh, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter. And that's all it is. It's a collection of good news stories. And sometimes it's just really cute videos. Sometimes it's touching videos. And sometimes it's just touching stories. But all really positive. So the Good News Movement. Wicked. Thank you. The Good News Movement. You know, I'm going to check that out tonight. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> now, you have a background in improv acting, and I think that's really wicked. How does that how does that differ from what you're supposed to do every day when you're interviewing people? Kind of like what you learned in improv, but what you actually have to be every day as like a host on TV. Well, I think people think that when you're a host on TV, you know, you have your questions and you're prepared with what you're going to ask. And, you know, it's regimented because you have a certain number of things you got to get to before your time runs out. And so there's, there's all this involved. But in actuality, improv is a big part of interviewing because if you're asking questions and you're actually listening to the answers, then in the moment, you technically have to be able to improv and be able to sort of ask another question that plays off of the last thing you heard in order for it to be a real conversation. Um, unless you just want to get to your talking points in which that's never a good recipe for a good interview. So I think improv actually plays a role in almost everything we do. And one of the things that you'll learn in improv, if anybody ever takes a class is something called yes. And, and the idea is, is that when somebody says something, you say yes. And then you add to that conversation. Uh, and I think as long as you sort of keep that in mind, even in your everyday conversations with people, it's really great because that is really what people want is when people are talking, they want to be heard. So that's the yes. And the end is, is you adding something to it to have an actual back and forth conversation. The worst conversations are the ones where one person is talking the whole time and they don't let you get a word in edgewise. And uh, you know, the other conversations that are also really bad is when somebody's talking and then somebody's like, Oh my God, me too. And then they go into a whole story about themselves and you, weren't done yet, but nobody cared to listen. So improv to me, it's really about listening and being present and only then adding to it based on what you're hearing. You know, um, I think that I became a new fan of improv acting at, I, you know, in Toronto, I think it's called Second City. Thank you. It's called Second City. And I made a mistake of going there um, with my mother and her friends, but not preparing them. And it was something like, it was just out of the blue. It was like perverse. And I thought they'd get mad, but they were laughing so hard. They were crying. Yes. And I, oh my God, this could have gone so wrong. Oh my gosh. Improv is so much fun. And really what it's teaching you to do is not take yourself so seriously. And, you know, to not really make it about you. It's not about the next thing you're going to say or the, the smartest thing that comes to mind. It's really just about having a great time. And even if that's gibberish in an improv class, it can translate into real life. Yes. No, I think if, if real life was a little bit more like an improv class, um, somebody that said it recently, oh, um, so she's a comedian, Jessica Holmes, and she said the way she stays happy is she pictures that her life is a sitcom. Okay. And that just makes her laugh. So she's like, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a character on Friends, who would I be? And then I'm laughing about myself because I think they're hilarious. That's so good. Yeah. I, my, my husband actually has something similar and he says, he talks a lot about stories and you know, what are we but for our stories is sort of his line. And when you think about life that way, just a bunch of really great stories that you can tell somebody one day, everything makes for a good story. You know, even sometimes the, 
the not great stuff and sometimes the stories where you face some serious adversity, even that makes for a good story because there's a lesson in all of it. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, like, I think um, I heard a really great story in an interview with um, Georgia Balogianis, another journalist who said, one of the stories she'll never forget is chasing somebody for their name in the rain at Pride and, and saying to him, I need your last name because he gave her like a really great quote. She's getting soaked at <laughs> the camera, everything. And she said, Nikki, it's like one of those stories that could make you laugh or cry. Right. But it was a good <laughs> But it was a good, good story. There you go. You got a good story. Now, let me ask you, um, I think you're such a ray of positive light and you're a different one, Pooja. I think you're amazing. When you're not on CP24 Breakfast, what else do you work on? Oh, wow. Um, so there's all these other things that, you know, I want to do and that I'm pursuing and I've sort of started, but the pandemic has kind of put some things to a halt, but one of them is motivational speaking. So I've sort of come up with a couple of talks that are based on my career, my journey, um, you know, facing adversity. But some of it is also just about connecting with people because I think really when I think about what I do on the show, the reason why I think it works is for whatever reason, I'm connecting. And I don't think that's always easy to do. And I don't even know if I was purposeful in my thinking of how to do it, but I think I've now kind of figured it out. And so I, I want to be able to teach people in other you know, industries, how to do that. Because at the end of the day, I think connection is really what we're, we're missing. Um, but also what people may not know is that I'm an introvert. <laughs> so while I'm super social and I can be extroverted very much, so I'm not shy at all. And I'm, I, you know, I have a confidence. I actually really enjoy alone time and being by myself on the couch and just watching, you know, a lot of TV and just sort of that, those quiet moments, which I think would surprise people. Like if I had a choice between staying home and going out, I choose staying home every time. I totally get it. I mean, I, I don't think like during a pandemic it kind of skews things because now you're like, maybe I don't want to see my home this much, but I totally get it. Right. Um, I think because you're, you're on so much, right? So when you can get a minute, everybody has that minute that's a little different. Um, you know, in that, in that minute, I wonder, you know, your thoughts on new media. And I just wonder, Pooja, like, I know that you're a public figure, you have to be on Instagram, and you have to be on all these platforms. But at the end of the day, what do you think about these new forms of media? And how has it helped? Or how has it hurt us in your opinion? Well, I'd never want to be one of those people who is afraid of, you know, the new media and, and how it's taking over. And it's not the same because in my day, you know, I, I never want to be that person because I really think we have to be realistic about the future. So I'm not even one of those people who, who thinks that we need to change things and go back. But at the same time, I, I hope that when people are consuming information, especially when it comes to news, that it is coming from credible sources. And that's a little bit of the fear part is that sometimes people get their news from Twitter. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you're doing that, you just have to make sure that when you go to the story, it's not just a headline. You have to go further and actually read the story. And you should read other publications that also cover the same story to get other perspectives as well. So as long as people are doing that, I think it's fine. It's when you get all your information from, you know, YouTube or Twitter, and you're not doing it justice by, by going further and, and delving a little deeper that I think it can be a little troublesome. So as long as that's not happening, it's good. 
where I think it's fantastic is every single person now has an opportunity and a platform that we have never seen before with YouTube, with social media, with TikTok, to put your talent on display. And no longer do you need somebody to be the gatekeeper to say, I believe in you, I'm gonna give you this screen time. Everybody has an opportunity now and let the people decide. You know, If you've got something great or you have a talent or you have something you wanna put out there, you have so many people at your fingertips. Now you have the world at your fingertips like we've never had before. And to me, that is the most positive thing that's come out of new media is giving people a chance. Um, people from all different backgrounds, people of color, people who have stories to tell, that diversity, we're seeing it more than we've ever seen it before. And that's how it has to happen because we know that a lot of the executives and a lot of the people who make those decisions aren't necessarily thinking about those people and their stories. You know, it's, it's so interesting you say that because um, one of my biggest clients, um, Josie Ho, I remember when I first met her, she said to me, it's just different, Nikki. Not everybody wants to talk about a Chinese superstar. And I said to her, Josie, but like, you're working on all these cool things. I don't get it. Like, I, I want to kiss your feet. Like, you're so cool in my mind. And it was when Cra Crazy Rich Asians came out that suddenly my phone was ringing. And it's almost like Crazy Rich Asians had to show people I had to just show everybody that there's, it's not just what you think people want to hear. We want to see everybody on screen. We want to relate to everybody. Like, you know, people want to see somebody that looks like them on screen. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, I mean, this is where, again, more opportunities need to be afforded because you just don't know what's going to resonate and what's not. And, you know, I think our traditional idea or whatever the traditional idea is that's being put out there isn't necessarily the right one, isn't necessarily going to be the one that's most popular, but that's why there's beauty and diversity and you should be telling as many stories as you can. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. So, um, you know, it kind of like, didn't Justin Bieber break out on YouTube? Yeah. Like, did happen? like he just put his music out there and everybody started loving him. Yeah, he was doing covers. I think uh, Sean Mendes was on Vine. That's how he was discovered. So again, you know, these are amazing platforms and and everybody has access i love it and you know what that's funny when my greek father asked me buddy why is everybody putting everything on everywhere instagram youtube <laughs> and i said dad if you're a really good singer and you're on youtube and there's no other way for you to go anywhere but your voice just carries things will happen it's a new world true now i guess so i have a question for you and it's like that one thing people don't know about you so you're an introvert, you like to stay home, but maybe there's like a hobby, something. Okay, this is weird. I don't know why I'm good at this. I think it's my dad. It's, it's his fault, but I'm really good at wrapping gifts and I really enjoy it. So when people are like, oh my goodness, I have to wrap so many gifts. I'm like, I'll do it. I, I don't know why. It's like really interesting for me to wrap gifts, but I love to make them pretty and get ribbons and I spend... A lot of time and energy, I put a lot of love into wrapping gifts, but it brings me peace. I think it's like coloring. You know, they say it, it can be really peaceful and it, you know, it, it sort of silences the, the mind, like I, whatever it's doing. I don't know what the therapeutic part of it is, but I really enjoy it. So there's that. And I think people don't realize that um, I'm on TV and I work as a broadcast journalist, but my degree is actually in women's studies. So you know, when it comes to sort of 
the empowerment of women and helping other women and mentoring other women. It's not something I just say because it's, you know, something that is trendy and we should all be saying it. It's something that I actually went to school for and believe in. And, you know, I don't think it's enough to sort of talk the talk. You got to walk the walk as well. So it's a big part of who I am, uh, albeit in the backdrop. It is something that I keep in mind with almost everything I do. And I think you're a vegetarian. Am I right? Yes, you are. Yeah. Not like I wasn't born a vegetarian. I became one. It's been a little, I think over, a little over 25 years now that I've been a vegetarian. Um, but now it's a whole new world that now it's so easy to be a vegetarian. It used to be hard. Not anymore. Yes. Food is better. And you know, um, avocado on anything now, it's like people get it. True. I'm one of them. <laughs> I can eat it every day. So Pooja, okay, so my last question is, because I joke that we have the most interesting listeners to this podcast, but if, if we could just make anything happen and you have this bucket list of things you will do in your lifetime, you know, what is it you still want to work on? Wow, how much time do we have? <laughs> I've got a lot. Um, so I'd love to write a book, and I think everybody says they'd love to write a book, I know, but I'm in that category too. And I think it's just because I do have so many stories a lot of them are from the world of TV and interviewing so many celebrities, but a lot of them are also just outside of that, you know, facing adversity. Uh, a lot of really funny, awkward things happen to me. And I don't know if that is me sort of putting that out in the universe and it comes back because like, awkward things happen to me all the time. So I, I feel like a book that tells a bunch of stories some that will make you cry, some that will inspire you, and some that will just make you laugh would be an awesome book to write. So that's one. Two, I would love to write a screenplay uh, or a sitcom uh, for a streaming service. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been wanting to do that for a very long time. Again, comedy is sort of a big thing for me. So that's on the list. Oh my God, you on a Netflix special with something you produce. Can we just put it out there? Because I think hilarious. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's something I'd want to do. I mean, the list is really long. I'd also like to go back to acting because it's a dream that I had when I was very young and it was cut short because I couldn't afford to live in New York anymore. And, you know, it wasn't also the best time in terms of being somebody of color and in mainstream film and television. It really was non-existent at that time when I was going to school. So maybe the timing wasn't great, but I think the timing's right now and things are changing and we are hearing more of those diverse stories that we talked about. So I'd love to go back to acting, even at this age, even in my forties. You know what? I think we just designed kind of, we, we just said that you're going to write a screenplay or a sitcom for Netflix and you're going to star in it. Uh-huh. I love the idea. Like for some reason that just feels like it's going to happen. So I mean, if that happens, can I be your publicist? For sure. I want to be part of the superstar enterprise. So yes, <laughs> add me to the list. <laughs> Pooja, thank you. You're like the best guest. Like we love you and Nikki. And yep. You know, because you're just one of those people that it doesn't feel like any work interviewing you. At all. Oh, nice. I'm glad to hear that. I hope you come back. Thank you so much for joining us on Superstar PR. And thank you. I mean, you've done a great job. If Look, if this whole PR thing doesn't work out, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to go into broadcasting. Maybe you want to start interviewing people. You're really good at it. Oh my God, stop, Pooja, stop. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> You're welcome. Nice chatting with you. 
Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.nikkiinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.